Hello, Steve Coffin here, and today I have another special guest, but a special special guest, Hadar Shemesh of Accents Way, and she is a specialist in the area of pronunciation, and she's a model herself of how you can achieve native-like pronunciation in a language, in this case English. But remember, if you enjoy my videos, please subscribe, click on the bell for notifications. If you follow me on a podcast service, please leave a comment. Okay. Hadar, welcome. Nice to see you again. Nice to see you. Pleasure being here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Okay, now I became aware of your videos of your YouTube channel, and we'll leave a link in the description box. And you have a lot of videos where you explain how to learn languages, but in particular, you focus on this issue of pronunciation. So, uh, it's fine to say that pronunciation doesn't matter as long as you can understand, as long as you can get your meaning across, that's really all that matters, which may, or, which may be true, in fact, is true, but most people are very concerned about their own pronunciation. Can you give us some background on your own journey insofar as your own very North American pronunciation and the kind of advice and help you, you give people around this whole subject of pronunciation? Of course. So I was born and raised in Israel. I was never mm -hmm. exposed to English growing up. And when I was 21, I wanted, I decided to move to New York to become an actress. And mm -hmm. uh, I showed up with my intermediate English. I, you know, I definitely had a very noticeable Israeli accent where, you know, people would ask me, where are you from? you know, Hadar, such an exotic name. And like, there was always a conversation about me and my accent and, um, which was okay. Like I, I, you know, it is what it is. And then I studied acting. I started an acting school and there we learned speech and pronunciation. And I fell in love with this idea of modifying my sounds just by learning what to do with my mouth. And everyone learned speech and pronunciation, native speakers and non-native speakers, because we learned classical American. Uh, that was the first year. The second year, we studied different dialects. And what it did is it totally opened up my mind in terms of not only my... Uh, how I sounded, but also it changed my confidence, how I showed up. I understood so much more how to use the language better. I felt more effortless. Um, I had more confidence because every time, you know, before I would second guess myself or avoid saying certain words that had THs or Rs. And that's stopped happening when I made the new sounds my new habit, my new speaking habit. Um, and, so uh, yeah. a couple of questions. Sorry, go ahead. No, I'll let you finish. No, no, I, no. You, go ahead. But all the things you say sort of uh, makes me think of questions, but I can save my questions. So you go ahead. But that's it. But then I, okay. after the two years of acting school, I already had a pretty solid American accent, and I was able to shift between accents, and I learned it, and I knew how to, you know, I, I learned the different sounds, and gradually moving back to Israel, I realized that no one here talked about pronunciation and I realized how important it is for building confidence and fluency, not just to sound an like an American, right? But mostly to build that confidence speaking a second language. So I started teaching it. Okay. So the first question that comes to mind is an actor by definition is someone who is not 
inhibited. You know, you, you're acting, you're pretending to be someone else, uh, which is a particular mindset. Uh, and so you're used to the idea that you're going to imitate this person. You're going to imitate their role in the story. You're going to imitate the language they use. So I think an actor has a big advantage uh, in learning languages and also has, a, you know, they're more confident. So to what extent can you take that experience of an actor you, the budding actor, actress, whatever the word is today, and that confidence that you obviously had. And how do you then transport that over to your average person? Ah, this is such a good question because I talk about it a lot. Like me learning acting and making someone else's words my own is a big part of the experience of a language learner. Because all of a sudden you take someone else's words or someone else's language mm -hmm. and you want to make it your own. So you want to let go of what you hold so closely, like your own pronunciation and how you perceive the language and your own rhythm. And you need to surrender to the new sounds and the new intonation. So there is this aspect of letting go that is oftentimes so hard for people. So I think that... Mm -hmm the mindset work around what it means to speak a second language, letting go, um, mm -hmm. trying out different things, exploring your voice. When I teach, I use a lot of um, techniques from my acting studies, you know, using voice, mm -hmm. understanding how to, how to play with your voice and also letting go of the, of the, of the tension that you have when speaking. So I absolutely think it's the same. I think that even as an actress, I had a lot of challenges with confidence being one of the only non-native speakers in class. So I always had issues with, with my pronunciation and things that would be so easy for others. I had to work harder for them. Mm -hmm. But I think that has taught me all the things that I know now and, you know, got me to where I am today. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very interesting. Uh, an actor imitates, you know, projects into the role of the person. Uh, when we learn languages, we are imitating an aspect of another culture. We're actually trying to project into that culture. Um, the best language learners, they see themselves as members of that group. I learn French, I want to be French. I learn Chinese, I want to be Chinese. Uh, I don't hold back in my own culture. And I've often said that to learn a language, you need to experience a certain cultural weightlessness. In other words, you're not an Israeli person speaking English. You're an American. I'm a Chinese. Uh, easier said than done. How are you able to get people to let go of their identity uh, and, and just without fear, just kind of throw themselves in? Because it's the unknown. You're throwing yourself into something that you're, it's not familiar to you. And for any number of reasons, people, as they get older, they don't like to change. They don't like to abandon their identity. You know, actors do that. That's their profession. But how do you get ordinary people to do that? I think it's all about accepting the fact that it's going to be different. They're not going to feel completely like themselves at the beginning. And the ideal mm -hmm. is to bring it to a place where you feel authentic and you feel like yourself. But the path, mm -hmm. the road there will require you to discover new things about yourself, to discover, uh, you know, you, you want to say something, you have all these thoughts running around your head in your native language, and what you're able to portray is a fraction of it. 
and you need to be okay mm-hmm. with it and to find a way to express yourself and to connect and to communicate with others with whatever tools you have. And mm-hmm. I think that if you understand that and you're willing to to be okay with the experience that it's not going to be the same and you can't, you cannot compare yourself to your native language all the time. Not in how you sound, mm-hmm. not in your pronunciation, not in, not in how you are able to express yourself because it's just not fair. The circumstances mm-hmm. are different. And people constantly mm-hmm. do that and then they're like, I'm not good enough. I feel like a fraud. And having those thoughts mm-hmm. is definitely limiting them and preventing them from taking action, speaking more, because they're constantly focused on what other people are going to say. But if you just mm-hmm. operate but from... So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was just going to say, what you are saying now is that it's not just pronunciation. It's, it's the whole range of, of, you know, operating in another language. And, and obviously, as we progress, we're not we're never perfect, but we're getting better all the time. So at an earlier stage in our journey, we're not very good at all. And yet we have to keep going. Uh, but so it's just, it's not just pronunciation. It's, it's the whole experience of learning another language. We have to accept what we are at each stage and try to enjoy it. Yeah. It's never just pronunciation or just grammar or just vocabulary. It's everything together and the experience mm-hmm. together. And you also need to balance mm-hmm. between those things as you're learning and as you're focusing on, you know, there are stages in your language learning experience where the focus is, is going to be more on pronunciation because you've already done a lot of work around comprehension. Usually you start learning by perceiving the language, by consuming mm-hmm. the language. So that happens naturally as you develop, as you learn. But there is a point where you are ready to do more work around pronunciation. Maybe mm-hmm. not very early mm-hmm. on, but maybe there is a stage where you're ready for it and then that should be your focus and that is okay. And then you can't focus on too many things at the same time. But I agree, mm-hmm. it, it's also um, it's also complex yet, yet clear mm-hmm. uh, if you know what it is that you need at a certain stage. So do you have a range of techniques that you teach uh, your subscribers, learners, in other words, enabling them to get to a level of better language usage, better pronunciation? Are there techniques there or is it all this sort of the attitude? So when it comes to teaching pronunciation, there's absolutely a technique. The first one is perception. To be able to make a sound, Mm -hmm. you have to hear a sound. If you can't hear Mm -hmm. the difference between sheep and ship, you're not going to be able to make those sounds. So perception is first. Right. Mm-hmm. then you need to learn how to pronounce it. Because sometimes you might hear that there is a difference between E and I, but every time mm-hmm. you try to say it, it's going to sound the same. And that's where the technical aspect comes into play, where you learn the mm-hmm. difference between what your intuitive pronunciation is. For example, as, an, as a Hebrew speaker, I would just want to say E in both cases instead of E versus mm-hmm. I. So mm-hmm. I need to understand my what my um, default sound is and how to mm-hmm. shift to be able to, to pronounce the sounds that I'm aiming to pronounce. And then it's all about mm-hmm. repetition, building habits, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. so, so you build the muscle memory so you don't always have to think about it when you're speaking. Mm-hmm. And then there is a stage that I believe is also very important, which is intentional speaking. And then you use the specific sounds while speaking. Because usually what mm-hmm. happens, even when you repeat it, it's a great 
strategy. That's what I have done. I just drilled sounds to be able to build those habits. But then mm -hmm. if I want it to be faster, then what I need to do is to also focus on speaking or repetition or shadowing, thinking about those sounds. And when I mm -hmm. do, or I'm more focused and I'm directing my tongue and mouth and lips to go into the direction that I want it to go. And mm -hmm. then there is an overall strategy that I think is important is to understand what sounds are important for the specific speaker because not all sounds are equally important. For example, the flap mm -hmm. T may not be as critical as someone who is re replacing the R's and the L's, right? So if you pronounce the L instead of an R, that is more critical than the flap mm -hmm. T. Let's say if you pronounce it like a true T, like a T sound, Betty, instead of Betty. So it's not mm -hmm. equally important because one will affect mm -hmm. your clarity and the other is just, you know, you sound more American. So that is also important to understand. And, and yeah, but there are English speakers who say Betty. So, I mean, it's not And, wrong. exactly, it's yeah. an allophone. So that's not even critical. But let's, let's take the R. Yeah. Let's say I say mm -hmm. right instead of right or right. I use mm -hmm. the rich. Then mm -hmm. people at some point would get it. Of course, it affects clarity. It's important to work on it. But people will understand it. But if you say light instead of right, mm -hmm. then it's going to be mm -hmm. critical. And it will For affect sure. your uh, intelligibility. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So intelligibility, of course, is sort of the, the minimal condition. And then the ultimate is to be almost taken for a native. How close can people get? I and does it depend on the individual? I think it depends on the individual, the time invested, um, their mm -hmm. willingness to... Mm -hmm to get into that character, right? Because a lot of times mm -hmm. there is resistance. I just had a conversation with students of mine that said when they use the English sounds instead of their native sounds, they have this voice mm -hmm. that says, oh, why are you trying to be so fake? It sounds fake, it feels fake. So also being able to let go of that voice and understand that while it might feel fake at the beginning, you can make it your own with, you know, just like repetition and using it enough times mm -hmm. until you own it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's a very good point. Um, I'm, I'm reminded of my father who was born in Czechoslovakia. Well, became Czechoslovakia, Austro-Hungarian Empire. And in Canada, there's a province called Nova Scotia. There's even a bank of Nova Scotia. He would always say bank of Nova Scotia. Uh, he can say the sh sound. He had a wonderful command of English, you know, vast vocabulary, but he would always say Nova Scotia. At some, at some level, he didn't want to say Nova Scotia. You know, it's like in Czech, this would be Nova Scotia, therefore it should be Nova Scotia. There is a level at which people simply don't want to. So I, I think that, you know, or they don't enjoy, you know, basically becoming more native-like. So it, it's also a choice, I think, to some extent. It's absolutely a choice, and I think it really is all about the experience of the learner with the language, with the speaker, the native speakers of that language. And, um, and I think it's, it's also having the right strategy and technique because it does require mm -hmm. commitment and repetition. Mm -hmm. It's not enough to listen to a pronunciation lesson and accept or and not expose yourself to the sounds of English and expect yourself to 
just use it naturally and spontaneously without thinking mm -hmm. about it. It just doesn't work that way. Well, you know, uh, I will leave a link to your website, to your uh, YouTube channel. And uh, I agree with what you're saying. It begins with perception, but then we need, if we have a specific goal, then we need to work towards it. And you obviously have some excellent techniques based on your acting uh, experience and uh, your experience with developing your wonderful North American accent. So, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to cut it off. Sometimes it seems like I suddenly cut off these discussions that we could go on for another, you know, half hour or so. But maybe we could leave it there because I think we've hit, you have hit on some very important points and I would encourage my listeners to go to your YouTube channel and uh, Hadar uh, Shemesh, Accents Way, if they are interested in improving their pronunciation in English or really, the, I'm sure the same principles apply to other languages. Right. And we're going to also have an interview with you on my channel where you shared a lot of interesting um, facts and more information about language learning, so we can invite them to watch it there. And, and one final point that you made in our discussion, that is there may be areas where people have different opinions, even people who are interested in languages. And I think that's the wonderful thing about language learning. It's an individual journey. People do what they want to do. They can listen to a variety of opinions, some of which may agree, some of which may disagree, although I found in our discussion that mostly we agreed. I think so too. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, Hadar, thank you very much. Thank you, Steve. And thank uh, you I look forward to talking again sometime. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Bye. -bye.